Cardiff City phone-in, sponsored by Munia Rams, the personal injury solicitors. Well, good evening. Welcome to the Cardiff City phone-in, sponsored by Moonaram Solicitors. This is the place to be for the next 60 minutes or so if you want to be involved in the conversation about anything to do with Cardiff City Football Club. Now, there's several ways you can watch and listen to us. We're on Facebook Live, uh, which you can access from anywhere in the world. Just uh, look on Facebook for Cardiff City phone-in if you get more than one uh, reply back with one with about 700 likes. And uh, if you are watching and listening to us on uh, Facebook Live, we welcome your comments throughout the show and we'll read out as many as possible. We're also available locally on FM and anywhere in the world on the online versions of the following community radio stations. GTFM on 107.9 FM, Radio Cardiff, on 98.7 FM, Bro Radio 98.1 FM in the Vale of Glamorgan, and Ron the Radio on 97.5 and 106.1 FM. Now, if you can't catch us live, or if you want to listen to it again, a podcast of the show will be available on SoundCloud within a couple of days. Of course, you can also watch it back almost straight away on Facebook Live. And you can also listen to it again uh, almost straight away after the show on the Bro Radio website. That's broradio.fm. And just click on the Listen Again feature. The uh, most shows are available for up to 30 days after broadcast. So, lots to get through this week. So, let's uh, straight away introduce this week's studio panel. Starting on my left with Lee Beams. Good evening, Lee. Good evening, Simon. Uh, sitting next to Lee uh, for a special reason, it's a, a warm welcome back to uh, Cardiff City Foundation uh, com- uh, Communications Manager. I'll get that right this time. Uh, Hugh Day. Good evening, Hugh. Evening, Simon. Thanks for having me back. Uh, very welcome. And uh, sitting next to Hugh, we have Georgia, who is a member of the Cardiff City Foundation. Welcome to you, Georgia. Welcome. Good, good evening. <laughs> You're very welcome. Now, um, Georgia, I'm going to start as I uh, something I ask all our new guests or someone appearing for the first time. Approximately how long have you been following Cardiff City and also... In that time, any favourite players or games or managers or anything like that? Um, I've been following Cardiff City for about three years now, and uh, my favourite player is Solbamba. All right, yeah, good. Um, yeah, 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 good choice. Like, he's such a chilled, laid-back guy. Once you get to know him, um, I'd say he's my favourite player. Like, he's really good with his performance as well. Like, he, every time he goes into a match, he puts all like his heart into it. He's like 
just amazing at what he does. It's a good answer. It, isn't it? Isn't it amazing that uh, Georgia says he's really chilled, Sol Bamber, and and yet the one thing I can think of him is when he had that massive row with Neil Warnock <laughs> when, he, when, when he got yeah. sent off. But uh, but yes, it just goes to show um, the different sides of our characters. Uh, well, thanks for that, uh, Georgia. We'll be hearing more from you later. And uh, sitting next to Georgia, it's uh, Simon Stato Williams. Good evening, Simon. Evening, Simon. Right, uh, so uh, lots to uh, get through this evening. We're going to look back at the uh, away game against Barnsley last Saturday. Uh, then we're going to have a bit of a news roundup, and Hugh is going to talk about the fact that it is Foundation Week. So, uh, Cardiff City Foundation Week starts today. There's a number of events uh, that are happening. So, uh, Hugh is going to talk about those. And um, then we're going to look forward to the big game against Tabletoppers Leeds next Sunday. That's a one o'clock kickoff. So let's start with uh, the uh, Barnsley game from last Saturday. Uh, at Simon Stato Williams, have you got the stats for that? Yes, I have. Right, um, possession wise, Barnsley 56 to Cardiff 44. Attempts, Barnsley 6, Cardiff 13. On goal, Barnsley didn't have any shots on target. Uh, 7 for Cardiff. Off goal, five for Barnsley, six for Cardiff. Block shots, one made by uh, Barnsley and none for Cardiff. Corners, three for Barnsley, eight for Cardiff. Offside, Barnsley offside once, with Cardiff being offside four times. Saves, Barnsley's keeper made five, and Smithies didn't have to make any. Uh, fouls, ten committed by Barnsley, 16 by Cardiff. Passes, 368 by Barnsley, 285 by Cardiff. Accurate passes, 59% by Barnsley, 55% by Cardiff. Tackles, 19 made by Barnsley, 13 by Cardiff. Attack, 32 by Barnsley, 34 by Cardiff. Dangerous, uh, 22 for Barnsley, 31 for Cardiff. Thank you very much, uh, Indy. And I understand the um, the referee didn't get his card out at all during that, during the game. There were no yellows or reds uh, issued. Yeah, that's unusual. Yeah. Fairly unusual, right? Yeah. Okay. Now uh, this has been a first, uh, to be honest, uh, during uh, this season of the Cardiff City phone-in. It's the first time that no member of the panel has been able to make it to the game. However. Um, our big long-time supporter and regular listener Vince Alm was there so he did send me his view um, he said it was a tough match obviously with Barnsley fighting relegation uh, I thought the midfield was a battle zone the whole game first half not much to shout about very few chances from either side although we nearly gifted them a goal uh, Barnsley have some good youngsters but they are lacking experience second half I thought Cardiff dominated and were good for the three points Patterson was a thorn in their side battling and fighting for every ball and was unlucky not to get a penalty or a free kick just before the goal. Will Volks had another good game and has to be knocking on the door for a return to the Welsh side. Plenty of energy in midfield but lacking that bit, bit of creativity but Albert Adoma pro, uh, provided some of that and Hoylet had a decent second half up until the time he went off. Uh, Sanderson also had another decent performance at right back growing with every game. Back four looked good on Saturday. Uh, okay, um, Lee, you've uh, you've seen the game now. Um, what was uh, what was your view, and uh, you know how does your view sort of match up or not with what Vince said he saw? Yeah, I mean, um, Vince mentioned about Patterson being a thorn in their side. I mean, yeah, he is. He's constantly chasing them down, winning headers, putting some very big tackles in, a couple of shoulder charges. Um, and of course, gets you the goal as well. And his goal celebration was fantastic. 
Um, <laughs> well, I, I will, think it's a work in practice, isn't it? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. What I will say is, um, Simon mentioned in the stats that the, the referee, obviously, you know, he didn't get his card out Saturday. But um, it's not a surprise, actually, because he couldn't have been watching the game, could he? Let's be honest, because Patterson was being dragged down ever before he even got in the penalty box for the what the, the, the what should have been a penalty. Mm. And then the goalkeeper clearly drops the ball. It hits Patterson on the foot, I believe. And then he, he, he rugby tackles him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, did see there that. There's no way in a million years that that referee cannot give that decision. I feel like I feel like he bottled giving a free kick against Cardiff, and it's then the he third just let time it roll, June didn't he? Now in three games, strange. It's the third time in three games we've had penalties denied, and well, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Neil Harris said afterwards. I, th- I think he said he's only had one penalty, and that was uh, when he first took over apparently and we haven't had one since well, we just don't get the decisions do we I mean you know I, I, I don't want to say the referees are cheating because that would probably be a little bit well do you think it's one of those I could just say the referees are cheating um, listen we don't get any decisions that's a fact we never have had if it's a 50-50 it'll go against you um, and that's the way it is I don't know what the plan is about introducing VAR to the championship. I, I haven't heard or seen anything about that. Um, but I'm just wondering if that was a decision that would have been... I, I, I mean, I think it would have almost certainly been given by VAR if they'd Well, last it. last week, Sam, I watched an, an American game. Uh, the, the MLS, is it? Mm. Um, and they use VAR or, or a system very similar to it. So there was a, an incident... Um, I believe it was a goal and it got disallowed. The referee immediately had the word in his ear. He ran to the touchline, looked at the screen, and they were replaying within 20 seconds of mm. that incident. Now, that's the way it's got to be. Because mm. all this going off to somebody in a studio, 100 mile away. Oh, what you mean? It's actually done by the referee it on the pitch? done on the pitch. Oh, yeah. He run over, he looked at the screen on the side, by the dugout, um, and actually, it was on the opposite side of the pitch, away from the dugout, so he can't even be pestered by players or managers. That's good. And yeah. it was done within 20 seconds. Mm. I just thought, that I can live with that. It's, it's needed for football. You just think sometimes that they copy in rugby. Rugby's a stop-start game, football isn't. And you're right, rugby, uh, the football, the, the VR decisions need to be And it's so much quicker. Quick time. It's so much quicker because of the, the offside rule in football. You know, it is fractions now. They're, I mean, some of, the, some of the goals I've seen lately disallowed. You think, God, that's a great goal. But if they're going by the letter of the law, maybe, yeah, his fingernail was in front. But it's it's gone crazy. Well, maybe if it was done by the referee on the side of the pitch, he wouldn't have all those lines that he could check and he would just have to look and sort of say, yes, that is, is or, or no, it isn't. And, and um, you know, some of these is left toes offside wouldn't be, you know, would be allowed as goals because he wouldn't be able to do that sort of, uh, you know, a level of checking. Yeah, at the last home game... Um, there was an incident at the Cardiff City Stadium where the fourth official got involved with a decision because he spotted something. I think it was the Will Will, Will Volks, Volks incident. Yeah. So, so so he's allowed to get involved, the fourth official, because he spotted the Will Volks incident because he's close to it. Mm. Well, in the same breath, if he sees that an offside decision is given by the, the referee or the linesman and he thinks it's wrong or he knows it to be wrong or he sees a handball that perhaps they haven't seen why doesn't he get involved then mm. so if he's going to get involved he should get involved all the time he should be involved in perhaps the decision 
or he should be told to shut up. Maybe, well, maybe it's 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 by the initiative of the referee. Maybe the referee's got to ask him. He can't butt in. But if the referee says, "Did you see anything?" He's allowed to contribute. But he can't just sort of say, "Hey, a hey, uh, hey, ref, I've seen this." But I think it could I, be something like that. I think the game just needs to be. You've got to have yes or no in it. There's not. There's too many middle grounds in there with all the decisions. <laughs> I think if you got humans, you're always going to get things wrong. Just it's always yes or no. You know. Yeah. I, 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 I mean that's the ideal I'm not sure you're ever going to get to if that if that referee can honestly say on Saturday that he didn't see that Patterson penalty mm. then he shouldn't be refereeing I, I when watched that back earlier but what I think happens is uh, Patterson runs into the keeper but I'm not sure if that's a foul or not but the, the Barnsley crowd make a big noise about it don't they but he doesn't give any decision so it's play on and then Patterson gets absolutely wiped out so I feel like he just completely he saw the penalty decision and then he thought oh maybe that was a foul but he just let play run I feel like he must have been frozen on the spot or just, just couldn't make a decision the ball here the, the goalie dropped it's the unprofessional ball. is what it is he actually dropped it I mean Patterson's chasing the ball he's getting pulled back as he's running into the penalty box and fouled he still shrugs off the defender and then as the ball comes into the goalie he drops the ball to, at Patterson's feet it bounces away and, and then he rugby tackles him. It's a clear penalty. Mm, mm. Um, I was going to say that uh, Barnsley boss Gerhard Struber said afterwards that his side showed two faces in the game, saying that they were okay first half but stopped completely their plan in the second half and made it too easy for Cardiff. Uh, he said he had no answer. He, he had no answer as to uh, as the reason why that happened because um, going into that game Barnsley had won three of their last four games including a 3-0 away win at Fulham Neil Harris said the half-time discussion in, their dre- in the Cardiff dressing room was about being braver in the second half and uh, as a result saw some quality moments so um, Lee based on what you said based on what you saw was it that Barnsley fell away or was it, or was it that Cardiff just grew into the game and Barnsley couldn't handle them well I thought we were we were good defensively, um, and I thought I, I, I think the right-hand side of our team, with Sanderson, Bakuna playing wide right midfield, and Adoma is looking very, very strong. Mm. Um, the left side with obviously Bennett, and then you had Ralsey sort of left midfield and Hoylett. It didn't really look as comfortable, in my opinion, as the right side. And I think the fact that he's brought in Adoma and Sanderson, he's clearly spotted something in them areas. That he feels he can improve the team. Mm. Um, if you look at the, if you look at Sanderson, you look at Adoma, they have been good signings. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And and he's got uh, Brad Smith on the bench now, who's, uh, I think he'll probably be in this side pretty soon as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, remember, you are listening to the Cardiff City phone in, uh, sponsored by Moonram Solicitors. If you want to be part of the conversation. The telephone number to ring is 01443654654. That's 01443654654. Now, I don't know if any of you watched the championship highlights on uh, Quest uh, on Saturday night, also repeated on Sunday, hosted by Colin Murray. Uh, but they had uh, Neil Warnock as the uh, pundit um, in the uh, chair giving the analysis. Um, and you know, for whatever reason, they started the program with the uh, with the results. Uh, sorry, with the games featuring the teams at the bottom of the championship. So, of course, Barnsley Cardiff was one of those early ones shown. Neil Warnock actually said that uh, watching the game, uh, as he did, he fancied uh, at half time Cardiff to go on and physically dominate the second half, which is what they did. Um, he also said 
he saw no reason why Cardiff couldn't grab sixth place. He said there's no better team than Cardiff there uh, to grab that their, their uh, sixth position. So um, I think he's looking at teams like Preston and uh, Bristol City and uh, Millwall and Blackburn and even Swansea who are uh, around there. Uh, so he doesn't see anybody better than uh, Cardiff to uh, get that position. And he also talked about um, the importance of what he said was human now whether he whether I, I think he was possibly referring to the Patterson celebration uh, and he said in his experience uh, humor is very good at diffusing tension week because this is the uh, you know tense time of the season um, you know and 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 it, it helps to try and ease the pressure off the players uh, Simon Statter you got any view on that uh, that well, and especially about what he thinks about um there's no better team than Cardiff to grab that sixth position. I'm sure we'll have a few people, Nigel Harris, for example, disagreeing with that. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got a great chance of grabbing our sixth spot. Because we're, not, we're not really playing that well. We're only two points behind the playoffs. Mm. You know, I mean, so when we do start playing well, I mean, the games are coming thick and fast now. I mean, there's no reason why we can't be right in among it. And then, as we've said before, if we can get that playoff, it's a mini se- season of three games. I mean, two semi-finals home and away, and your final at Wembley. Yeah. So any, if you get the playoffs, and it's more often than not, it's a team that comes for a late run, that quite often grabs the, uh, the final um, promotion spot. Well, you know, everybody talks about consistency and it just seems strange to me that we've only won two of the last six games, but yet now we're only two points off the playoffs. And that's yeah. partly because if you look at the team who's been in sixth place, who's pressed in Preston, they've lost four of their last six, yet they're still in sixth place. Uh, Georgia, do you have a view on uh, whether you think Cardiff are good enough to sneak into the playoffs? Um yeah, yeah, I think I think they will be able to if they keep their performance up. Um, they'll, they'll get there. They just gotta keep playing as good now. Well, a bit of consistency. Yeah. Well, Lee is saying, you know, when Lee has said uh, b- before that he thinks we're gonna get, you know, we get stronger as the season uh, is gonna go on. Uh, but obviously, we got a big test um, on Sunday. But we'll uh, we'll come to that. Um, we'll come to that uh, shortly uh, right so yes it's um, it's uh, obviously a very good uh, re- result on uh, Saturday and I think I think I think from um, I, again I haven't brought my piece of paper with you that, that um, we all correctly pr- predicted it was going to it was going to be a victory apart from me and I think I bottled it and went for a draw but um uh, right, um, so after that game, uh, Cardiff are now in ninth place after 37 games. We've won 13, we've drawn 15 and we've lost 9. We've got goals for of 52, goals against of 50. So we've got a goal difference of plus 2. We're on 54 points. As I said, we're just 2 points off the playoffs. We are, however, a massive 17 points off the top, who are Leeds United. 16 points from second, who are West Brom. And we're 15 points above the relegation zone. I think uh, I think I can stop saying that one above the relegation zone now because I don't <laughs> think we're going to be involved in the relegation zone. Uh, only West Brom and Leeds have lost fewer championship games than us, uh, but we've drawn as many as Millwall, which is 15. That's more than anybody else in the championship. Um, some news updates. Going to do a bit of a roundup here. Isaac Vassell, who we mentioned um, last Monday, uh, made his first comeback 
competitive game for the under 23s last Monday, but had to uh, pull up or pulled up with injury after 25 minutes. It's now been confirmed that he'll play no further games this season. Uh, talking of bad news through injuries, uh, Joe Allen. Uh, is out of the Euro 2020 for Wales after being stretched off with a ruptured Achilles playing for Stoke versus Hull on Saturday. Possibly one uh, silver lining, as people have been saying, is the fact that Will Volks, who is a possible re- replacement, is uh, hitting some form and also hitting the back of the net as well. Uh, Wales, uh, still in with Wales, have been drawn in Nations League group with Finland, Bulgaria and the Republic of Ireland. Now, that's this new uh, tournament, so it's being played for the second time. Uh, it starts on Thursday, the 3rd of September, Wales having an away game against Finland, and that's followed by a home game against Bulgaria on Sunday, the 6th of September. And with that in mind, the Football Association of Wales have also sent out emails to existing Red Wall members, inviting them to renew their memberships. Uh, closer to hand, uh, Euro 2020, it's been announced that uh, Wales' first two games at uh, Euro 2020 against Switzerland, which is a 2pm UK kickoff on uh, Saturday the 13th, and uh, Turkey, which is a UK kickoff 5 o'clock on the Wednesday. They'll both be shown on BBC and the final group game against Italy the following Sunday. That's also a 5pm uh, UK time kickoff. Will be shown on ITV. Um, the FAW have announced the final warm-up. I've mentioned this before against uh, um, away to the Netherlands in Rotterdam on Saturday, the sixth of June. That's a six thirty p.m. kickoff. Uh, tickets already on general sale for Wales's friendlies at home against Austria on Friday, the twenty seventh of March, at the Liberty Stadium, and the USA at the Cardiff City Stadium on Monday, the thirtieth of March. It's been said that they may well announce one more friendly as well. Uh, still being posted online if Wales win their group uh, at the Euros, they will play the next game at Wembley. If they finish second, it will be in Amsterdam. And if it's third, if they finish third and they qualify, it will be in Glasgow. Um, there's a report that Joe Day, our unknown keeper at AFC Wimbledon, is enjoying his time there and has, has already kept three clean sheets since his move at the end of the January transfer window. And uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we are arranging an interview with Adrian Alston, uh, former Cardiff City striker, one half of one of Cardiff City's best strike partnerships with Tony Evans during the mid-1970s. Adrian was born in Preston but moved to Australia when he was six years old. So grew up there and represented Australia at uh, international level and lives lives there today. Due to the uh, time difference, the interview will be pre-recorded and uh, replayed on the show. So uh, we are hoping to sort that out in the next day or so. So if you want to put your question or you want us to put your question to Adrian Alston, either uh, you can, if you're watching and listening to us on Facebook Live, you can uh, put your question on Facebook Live and say it's for Adrian Alston. Or otherwise, you can email it to us. uh, And the email address is bluebirds at mail.com. That's bluebirds at mail.com. But please do it quickly because we're hoping to arrange that within the next week or uh, sorry the next day or two and uh, with a view to that um, interview being broadcast either next Monday or the following Monday I'm going to in a minute or two I'm going to ask Hugh about uh, Cardiff City Foundation Week which starts today but first we have our first caller on the line he might have heard me mention his name it's (laughs) Nigel Blues good evening Nigel 
I did. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you're going to go. You're going to go against Neil Warnock, are you, Nigel? Because he said there's no better team than Cardiff City to grab that sixth spot. Uh, I didn't expect him to say anything. Lee's agreed. <laughs> Hughes agreed. We've all agreed, Nigel. Go on. You're going to disagree, aren't you? No, there's two questions. Can they can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? I don't think so. <laughs> but I was um, just looking up some figures earlier today. Um, it looks like 71 points may just sneak in, which would be the lowest points tally for, for a decade to make six spots. So it, it's up for grabs because uh, potentially six places going to be five or six points lower than you usually need to get mm. into that spot. So um, that's given them the opportunity and they've got to go for it. Um, it's all on the next six games because if you look at the next six five are against teams in and around us in the playoffs um, so if they can come through that bank of next six games they've got every chance then because it's a, a finish of um, Derby home Middlesbrough away Hull at home mm. um, so they've got three games where you would like you could expect them to pick up points but they really have got to do something special over the next six games where, with Fulham away Bristol away Leeds down here Preston away they're not easy games coming up in the next in the next handful. But 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 I, yes, and, and I actually uh, I get what you say, Nigel. But you know, again, if you look at the table, you look at Preston in sixth place, lost four yeah. of the last six. You look at Bristol City, uh, who are in seventh place, um, only won one in the last six, lost three, drawn two, won one. You look at Millwall; uh, they've only won two in the last six. We've only won two in the last six. Blackburn yeah. beneath us only won two in the last six. Swansea below them, only won one in the last six. And uh, then Derby's now in 12th place. I must admit, through uh, my work, I was actually um, involved with uh, BBC Radio Derby on uh, Saturday, and they were looking forward to the game that they played against Blackburn yesterday. And they were getting really excited that if they, you know, if they won it, they would only be five points off the playoffs. So you're talking there, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams potentially, and then you've got uh, Queen's Park Rangers behind them. Eight teams potentially going for that sixth place. I think you know, I think the, I think the other five um, positions are probably sorted. But you know, if you look at Preston, Bristol City, Millwall, Cardiff, Blackburn, Swansea, Derby, and Queen's Park Rangers, there's one place that any of those can can get, and 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 it sounds to me as though you're saying that any of those that can put together a good run are going to grab it and you know there's no reason why we couldn't as you know as much as any of those because we're all on you know a similar vein of consistent or inconsistent form yeah but to get there they've got to show consistent form i reckon well to get to 71 points you're talking of them needing 17 points off the last nine games Mm. that's almost championship um form they haven't got near that points tally over any nine game run this season and if you look at the record, yeah, everyone's indifferent at the moment, but Cardiff's only wins in the last couple of months have been against teams 17th, 23rd and 24th. They haven't, anyone who's uh, been above that, they haven't managed to beat recently. So, yeah, the results are great. It's unbelievable we're within two points of the playoffs. But, yeah, the opportunity's there. And I, I think, you know, the crowd are going to be behind them now, particularly with the game coming up this weekend. And if they can pull, it, pull off something spectacular against Leeds, as we always do, um, yeah, it, it, I'm sure it's going to look really pretty, but they they just got to get on a winning run now. Well, I think it, they've only had one two back to back wins this season, and I think it was once earlier this season they won three on the bounce. They just don't get on winning runs. Lee, and they do need to find that now. Lee and Vince have said uh, a few times actually that they think Cardiff are going to get stronger 
Um, so you know, if that's if that's the case, thing is, Simon, I, I and I, um, I the thing is, like, we, we all know that come the end of the season, the the old saying is the table doesn't lie, and and yeah. we're we're thirty, uh, what would we what would we about thirty six games in is it 37 37 nine games to go it doesn't lie at this point either now although we haven't been very good this year if you probably look at our form after the first 10 games of the season where we were really poor we're probably in a stronger actually we're probably in a higher position over that period than we are even now um we've had a lot of draws we know that um draws often are only very good if you can win a few games but we, we don't lose many nights, really. I know we've lost... No, probably, you're right. Lee. You know, we don't lose a lot. And other, other sides are just not taking advantage of it. Um, I'm not still convinced that Leeds or West Bromwich Albion are going to go up automatically. Um, after we beat Leeds on Sunday, I think they're probably just going to go on a shocker, to be honest let's with you. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, Mind you, if you let Fulham in, I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, we we got the games now to change in, Nigel. We, like you say, we've got yeah. to play the top four or five teams, right? It's in our hands to do it. And I think at the start of the season, when we got relegated, we all expected a little bit more than we've actually gone now because we looked at our team and thought, we know what they played the Warnock way, he'll just do it again and we'll be back up there. It hasn't quite worked out like that. Um, But I think we got a great chance. Going back to something Simon mentioned earlier in his stats about Neil Warnock, on the, you said guest was it Simon? He was the pundit, yeah. He was yeah. doing the analysis. The, the, on the, the man's a master of diversion, isn't he? Um, he's going to say now, yeah, he's fully expecting us to get there because he got the best set of players in the division, which he signed, um, and that's Neil Warnock all over for you, you know. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. He said, "Oh, Will Volks is, you know, he's really playing well." And I thought, "Well, you didn't pick him." No, so. well, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't pick Tomlin. He didn't pick Volks, but uh, he did sign them. Yeah. So, you know, they don't always work out. I mean, it was interesting to see Neil Harris make a statement last week about Glatzel, and he said um, he's going to be moving his family to South Wales. Um, he's a fantastic finisher in training. Um, and we'll, we may see the best of him next year, which we all want him to do well, don't we? Of course we do. Mm. Um, but, but when, you know, I, I've looked at him and I don't think we're ever going to see a lot from him, but I really hope I'm, lo- I'm wrong. Looking around at the other teams, so I wonder if they've got you know, a squad of players who've got that experience of getting promoted before. We still have a lot of people who, you know, who got promoted yeah. to the Premier League with Cardiff who were still in that team. Is that going to kick in? Is that going to make a difference? I wonder towards the latter end of the season. Though? Well, I think it will. I mean, we got. I think we got some good players there. They just ha- haven't shown it, you know, all the time this year. Um, it's been a disappointing season, probably for all our centre halves. Who, I think, if you look at them all, there's not a lot of clubs in the division who wouldn't want them. There's probably most clubs that want Morrison. Most clubs that want Flint. Um, if you look at Flint, like, and I, I have gone over his his sort of career I've looked at him the guy scores goals for fun at for the centre half and he scores good goals he just hasn't worked this season for him but that may be that because he was playing with Morrison both very similar perhaps a bit of lack of pace there um, maybe if he'd have been playing with Nelson longer maybe you'd have seen a, a better side of him but again I think you know we just want them, we all we want them all to do well don't we um, and it's been disappointing that some of them haven't but um, look, I don't think Harris has done a bad job really in all the games he's been in, and we are climbing the table. Mm. Um, it's in Absolutely. our hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, the key now is the home form, um, because for whatever reason, under Warnock, it's 
Cardiff were really strong at home and awful away. And Harris seems to have him winning away and we stopped winning at home. We've only won one of the last eight home games. And I know a lot of that is draws, but I think it's nine points off eight home games, which is just not good enough. And that's what, you know, had we had one or two of those draws into wins, we'd be comfortably in the playoffs. So mm. what they've got to do is make those home games count the remainder of the season and, and try and pick up a, a big win away to a, a Preston or a Fulham well, or, I or think... a Bristol. I think, Nigel, that we, luckily we got Leeds on Sunday because what that'll do yeah. now, it'll bring back a lot of the fans who've stayed yeah. away because you know they, they will, they'll all turn up for that. Put a good performance in and hopefully keep those fans for the rest of the season. Um, and if we can get the three points, it makes it really interesting. Nigel, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to look at the Leeds game a little bit later on, but what do you, I'm going to ask you for your prediction, because Lee's sounding very bullish about it, he's very confident based on sort of our recent history of games against Leeds, but 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 they are top of the league, they are on, they have won their last five games with clean sheets, uh, they've kept clean sheets in all five of those, and the other game they drew, which was one all with Brentford, you know, do you share Lee's optimism? Yeah, because Leeds for whatever reason, seem to bring out the best in Cardiff, don't they? I think other than the, um, they did a double over us about four years ago, they virtually lost every mm, time they played yeah. us since that FA Cup thing. They've had the, the occasional draw and that's it. Um, yeah. so, and, and look at last season's performances against them. Well, last time we played them, actually, the season before last, destroyed mm. them all man away. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and to come back from 3-0 down at their place, with, um, where well, Leeds had also gone a number of games without conceding. Especially with 10 men. And well. they couldn't believe in Leeds, their fans. Their fans, yeah. were, were, they, they were hanging yeah. on in the end. They had one chance after we got the three all. But yes, we, we did, were yeah. still the better, we were the better side and the side who looked more like scoring. I honestly think they'll fear us more than we fear them. Absolutely. They, they're not even going to, they're going to be hating, wanting to come here Sunday. Yeah. So, um, just give me a, a prediction before I have to let you go, Nigel. I'm going to go for a 2-0. 2-0, good. Okay. Nigel, it's always a pleasure. Play charges to... on. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to hear from you. And uh, I thought, I, I wondered if you might ring in as I mentioned your name. But uh, thanks for calling in. All the best, boys. Cheers, Cheers thank you. Right. Uh, that was Nigel Blues, our first caller on the Colour City phone in. The telephone number is 01443-654-654. Now, before we talk about the Leeds game next Sunday, I, uh, I'm going to ask you to talk about the fact that it's uh, Foundation Week starting today. Now, the Cardiff City Foundation is the official charity of uh, Cardiff City Football Club. Um, so, uh, Hugh, you're the communications manager Tell me, uh, t tell us again a little bit about what the Cardiff City Foundation does, and also uh, what can we expect from Foundation Week this week? Sure, thanks, Simon. So, Cardiff City Foundation is the official charity of Cardiff City Football Club. So, we support children, young people, and families to achieve their full potential, um, and we use you know the power of Cardiff City, the brand of Cardiff City, to really engage with people. Um, we know that people in our communities, especially across South Wales, they suffer from inequalities that affect their health and well-being, education, employment opportunities, um, and also leads to you know a likelihood increase of offending and re-offending. Um, so we're trying to level the, fl the playing field, give people equal opportunities, um, and as I said, use, use the inspiration of Cardiff City FC really to engage with, with people who need us the most. Um, so Foundation Day um, and Foundation Week, well, I'll touch on Foundation Day first. It's, um, it's an annual celebration really, it's another chance to celebrate the work our club does to change lives in local communities. Um, the day itself, Foundation Day, is taking place on Sunday the 15th, this Sunday against Leeds. So the Foundation will have a presence throughout the stadium. 
where Cardiff City supporters can find out more about our work. Um, and it's also a big fundraiser. So, you know, fans are encouraged to donate uh, to help us change lives. Um, but, you know, not a lot of fans, they're not fully aware of the work we do as a charity. So Foundation Week, it gives us a platform really to raise that awareness and understanding. So we've got a couple of events taking place this week. Um, Foundation Day being one of them on Sunday. Um, we've got an invitational event at the stadium on Friday. Um, and we're hosting an event at the stadium tomorrow. We're actually bringing a group of... Uh, children from our disability program to, to, to play on the pitch and take part in a, in a small event. Um, you know, for these children, we know that children with disabilities especially, they're twice as, uh, as unlikely to be, or they're twice as likely to be inactive as their non-disabled peers. Um, they also have small social groups, so, you know, small social groups leads to loneliness and social isolation. So their only meaningful connection is Cardiff City a lot of the times, and we provide free weekly football sessions for these kids um, we bring them down to games and opportunities like tomorrow um, are really really kind of unique to them um, and, and they connect with Cardiff City Football Club you know that's that's their passion I suppose that's what we're all connected to in this room as well um, so so Foundation Week solely is a fantastic opportunity for us to raise the awareness of the work we do um, to make fans proud of the work we do and, and to showcase it we'll have a nice big digital campaign online There'll be a lot of videos for you to see, so I'd recommend all fans follow the Foundation's social media um, or keep an eye out across all the club channels as we'll be sharing all the work we'll be doing throughout the week as well. Thanks for that, Hugh. So um, the game kicks off on Sunday at 1 o'clock. What sort of time will you know the Foundation events be beginning? Um, as soon as the gates open. So okay. it'll be 11.30, the gates open, okay. so we'll be set up. Um, I'll just give you an idea of some of the activities as, as, as well as a you know huge brand presence at the stadium. The interactive activities will be things like um, Georgie, who's, who's a part of our education and futsal program, mm. will be showcasing that. We'll have some of our futsal students taking on fans in a kind of small pitch outside the Canton stand. Oh, right. okay. uh, there's an inflatable pitch outside the Ninian stand where we'll be giving fans a chance to experience uh, what it's like for a blind person to play football. So we've got a visually impaired football session taking place. Um, we've got we put on a free match day kickabout for all the junior fans which I believe is sold out now taking place in the house of sport before the game as well um, and in the family stand activities we, we work with over 70 primary schools um, across South Wales every week so we're actually doing a showcase in one of our lessons that we do it's kind of an interactive lesson um, so yeah, there's, there's plenty going on and across the, the hospitality levels as well. There'll, there'll be a couple of fundraisers for fans and to get involved in. Didn't I see that the foundation won an award uh, very recently? Yeah, well, it was the, I mean, it's a club award, but it was the uh, EFL Community Club of the Year uh, award. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're really, really proud to, to play the part in that. Um, and it's nice to be recognised for the work that our club does in local communities and you know being recognised by a governing body like the English Football League mm. is fantastic so we won the award on behalf of uh, South Western Wales um, and now we'll, we'll, we'll go to London and hopefully pick up the, the national award Excellent, excellent Right, sitting next to you is Georgia who is actually involved with the Cardiff City Foundation So uh, Georgia, tell us a bit about um, you know, how you got involved in the foundation and uh, how the foundation is helping you um, Well, I got involved by um, seeing well, some of these events happening So I was down uh, near Leckworth before and I seen quite a lot of events happening um, and then I went to House Sport and I had an in introduction um, and I was really interested of all the feedback they were giving me and the students, what they were telling me, how um, they do like um, 
sessions um education and then they go into training so i was interested and so i ended up going to the college and honestly it's the best thing i've ever done um the teaching is amazing the coaching is amazing i never knew anything about futsal before and now i do mm. um i've learned so much um my skills in futsal is amazing the coaching unbelievable um so yeah i've learned quite a lot and i'm really enjoying it um, Great. in my second year so okay. might stay on for so, the so to give you a bit of background yeah. simon yeah. um georgia takes part on our future pathways program so it's a post 16 education program for 16 to 19 year olds it's the exact same as any full-time college program and um, the difference is we offer it in a bespoke setting you know we offer um we, we our students take part in a futsal professional futsal league they compete against all the other english football league clubs on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um you know their typical day involves um a training program as well as their the classroom work um but we provide a non a non-mainstream education setting so it's a l- relaxed environment um a lot of people that we work with mainstream school wasn't for them and, and georgia mm-hmm. vouched for that um but we're able to work closely with our students um, and get to understand their needs so that you know we can give them the best chance of progressing um, beyond the course into employment or, or further education um, so I suppose you you joined us because school wasn't for you no um, what, what, what was the difference between school and the, the college I suppose um, with school there was a lot more um, classes to attend to like maths English science all that. we do that in college but we do Welsh back and essential skills. So essential skills is like maths and English all in one. Um, so that helps with, if you've got low grades in um, high school, that helps build that up. But um, the only thing I was good at in high school was sport. And <laughs> I had like an A star in that. So this college literally suits me. Um, it's perfect for me. If anyone's interested in sport, um, I suggest going to this college. But yeah, high school just wasn't for me. I prefer college now. It's much more chilled. The environment's amazing. The people are uh, much better. The teaching as well. It's just best, really. <laughs> better than that so college. did you say the college is actually in the House of Sport? Yeah, so our, our education programme is set in the House of Sport. Classrooms uh, above the House of Sport 2 and House of Sport 1. Um, and then the House of Sport 2, the futsal courts, is obviously where uh, the training sessions and the weekly games take place as well. So, so if anybody's listening and say, you know, uh, of uh, the same age as or, or similar age as Georgia, you said it's for sixteen to nineteen year olds, and who says that sounds like something I'd love to do? How do they? How do they get on? You know, get involved uh, in contact with you to get you know to to possibly get on the course? Yeah, of course. Well, I'd head over to the foundation website, so it's www.cardacityfcfoundation.org.uk. Um, you'll be able to to find from there the education programs, which is called Future Pathways Program. Um, and and that's the best place to head for information. Really, like okay. I said, it's a it's a full time course. It's the equivalent of three A levels, uh, but we do it in a BTEC form. Um, and it's not just a, you know a course if you if you're interested in sport. A lot of people that we study with progress onto all sorts of you know university courses, criminology, uh, public sector, etc. Um, George, I wanted to ask you, um, which. Uh, when you got involved, which sports were you particularly interested in? Uh, because you, you said you started playing futsal, but I mean, was football a game you played before you got involved, or was it other sport you were into? Um, no, uh, well, when I was in high school, I did play a bit of football, but because I didn't know how to play, I just didn't do it much anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but when I did go into this college, um, they don't do football; they do futsal, which is like five v five. Yeah, um, it's like a smaller court as well. 
So once I started playing that, I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this sport. I'm going to start doing it more often. And I became part of a team and we went and played games. So I prefer playing that quite a lot too. Mm. Were you into things like running or beforehand or netball um, or hockey or whatever you know no, <laughs> game really. debating school all oh, right okay no <laughs> no I, ju- I just wondered if you started something and then sort of moved to futsal and then thought right i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on this now um so you enjoy futsal and um is it the sort of you know are you, uh, how would you describe yourself as a player are you sort of um skillful and you know one who likes scoring or or, or or are you more defensive or are you a bit of everything um I'm more defensive and assists, I'd say. Not much of a scorer. Okay. Um, but I will like be a defender and help assist the mm. goal as well. So you mentioned Sol Bamba because uh, as an inspiration because he's uh, he's that sort of player. Anybody, you know, are there any other players that either you know you would like to model yourself on or you draw inspiration from? Um, I like Sean Morrison. He's, he's quite good. He's really good mm. on the ball as well. He's fast. He's determined. Yeah. Um, I like watching his performance. It like inspires me as well. Excellent. Okay. Thanks very much uh, for that. So um, that is the uh, Cardiff City Foundation week this week. Uh, and the big event is on Sunday. That's next Sunday. Foundation Day at the Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, those events that uh, Hugh mentioned uh, will be available from about 11.30 next Sunday ahead of the Leeds game, which kicks off at 1 o'clock. So, uh, talking of the Leeds game, let's have a bit of a closer look at it. I've already said that Cardiff are in ninth place. Uh, Leeds, after a fantastic run of uh, five wins five clean sheets are top of the championship um they have won 21 games drawn eight and lost eight they've got uh, goals for 56 goals against of just 30 um and i think that's probably the lowest in the championship so they've got a goal difference incredible goal difference of plus 26 uh with 71 points uh, one of the uh, interesting stats that I noticed, though, is that um, you know we were talking about the history of these games. A red card has been shown in five of the last six games between uh, these two teams. Um, most recently, in the uh, three-all draw at Ellen Road, uh, of course, Sean Morrison was uh, shown a red card. Uh, however, Cardiff have won, th- have won three and drawn one of the last four league meetings between the two clubs uh, for Leeds um, midfielder Calvin Phillips uh, missed the win against Huddersfield last Saturday with a recurrence of a knee injury but is expected to be fit for next Sunday their forward Jean-Kevin Augustin signed in January and still waiting for his first start is struggling with a hamstring injury midfielder Adam Forshaw ruled out for the rest of the season although he hasn't featured since September and Kiko Casilla will serve the third of his eight game suspension this Sunday uh, that was for racial abuse. His suspension ends on the 18th of April. According to the stats, Cardiff are still very strong at shooting from direct free kicks, attacking set pieces, coming back from losing positions, aerial duels and creating scoring chances. But we're still very weak at keeping possession of the ball and defending against skillful players. And we're also weak against defending counter-attacks. Our top-ranked player this season is still Sean Morrison, followed by Aidan Flint. 
top scorer is still Lee Tomlin with seven goals. Then uh, Joe Rawls with six and Danny Ward with five. Lee Tomlin still has our highest number of assists as well. For Leeds, their top-ranked player this season is uh, defensive midfielder Luke Aylin, followed by the aforementioned Calvin Phillips, uh, who plays in midfield. Their top scorer is Patrick Bamford with 13 goals, followed by Pablo Hernandez with six. According to the stats, Leeds are very strong at counter-attacks and creating chances using through balls. However, they are very weak at finishing scoring chances and avoiding being offside. And uh, the match forecast, according to the stats, is that Leeds will score from a fast break situation. Leeds will dominate possession, but Cardiff will dominate in the air and Cardiff will create many scoring chances. So, uh, Simon Stato, I'm going to start with you. What do you think is going to happen on um, uh, on Sunday, well, one o'clock kickoff against Leeds? Yeah, I think it's be should be enough far, far off. Uh, really, good, it'll be a really good crowd. Hopefully, in packed out, and uh, we'll. I mean, Leeds will no doubt have already sold their allocation. I'm not sure how many of we we've sold. It'll be an electric atmosphere, whatever. I'm going to ask you for your prediction we'll as well. Yeah, win to one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Georgia, I'm going to come to you next. Um, what do you think? Um, I, I, I don't know if you've been aware much of the Cardiff rivalry over the years, but there's always been a bit of an edge to uh, those particular games. Uh, have you got a view about what you think is likely to happen? Um, I think we're, we're going to do good. I think we're going to win. Um, okay. We've won the last three times. On yeah. Foundation yeah. Day. On, on Foundation oh, right. Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. excellent. I'm okay. confident that they're going to do it for the foundation. Yes, it's a good omen. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, right, Hugh, as the commercial manager of the foundation, what do you think? Oh, you got it wrong again. Uh, communication. Oh, communication. I knew, oh. There's no, there's no commercial <laughs> manager the in the charity. It's Come the on, the com. it's the com. That's <laughs> what. Uh, yes, go on. Um, I yeah, I think big game. Uh, there's gonna it's gonna draw a big crowd. The atmosphere will be electric. It'll be similar to the Swansea game. Um, and yeah, do you know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna scrape a one 0 win. I don't care if it's a messy goal. Um, I hope it's a, you know a corner, a set piece, and a towering Morrison head or something. At least something. Something that yeah, a bit of, put a bit of thud behind the ball and smash the back of the net. So I'm gonna go to Lee now because he's he's the most optimistic now. Um, you know I don't want to dent your optimism, Lee, but as I said, they've kept five clean sheets in their last five victories. Um, you know our top scorer is not even playing Lee Tomlin so give us the grounds for your optimism that we can um, you know that we can do something okay it's going to be big crowd they'll bring fantastic travelling support which will make the atmosphere electric we'll raise our game and it's going to be high scoring game 3-2 to Cardiff and it's going to be a real great atmosphere mm. You were at the away game, weren't you? I was. Yeah, yeah. It was it. It was one of those things, uh, and I wasn't at the game, but I remember seeing bits of it on the TV. Um, it's almost like Leeds were so dominant in the first half, and then it was difficult to believe how they they just seemed to collapse. It was they, their fans. I gotta say, I mean, I I don't like the club. I gotta say that, but their fans were tremendous on the day the Leeds fans as were the Cardiff fans mm -hmm. they were 3-0 up deservedly um, and then it started to go wrong for them and in the end as I say they were hanging on in the end although they had a good chance to, to have scored mm, after yeah, we got back yeah. but their fans deserted them um, they were quiet 
and our fans were singing and there's an expectancy with a football club like that um, they they believe they should be there they 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 don't think they you know they certainly don't believe they should be in the lower divisions and they've been here quite a long time now listen I can see us beating them 3-2 and it's going to be electric so get your, get your tickets get down there no good watching it on TV. Get, mm. get down the game. And donate to the foundation. And donate there. to the foundation. Just one question. I, yeah. I don't know if I missed it. Hugh, what time does the um, all the sort of pre-match stuff start Saturday? Yeah, uh, so, Sunday. So, so as soon as the gates open, 11.30, um, there'll be a couple of activities um, around Ninian Stand, Canton Stand, inside the family stand. Um, and we've got a, a Bluebirds kickabout for junior fans in the house of sport beforehand, which is, I believe that's sold out now as well. Okay. Um, yeah, great. Across, across the hospitality levels as well, there'll, there'll be plenty going on. So yeah, looking forward to it. Brilliant. Um, I, I mean, I've I've always been aware that there's a. I think ever since that FA Cup game in 2003, I think it was. There's been always been an edge between the oh, games definitely. between Leeds and uh, Cardiff and Leeds, and and you know it, it is one of the games that everybody looks forward to. Well, the two two of the biggest clubs in the division. Mm. Um, I, you know, we're a, I, I believe we're a massive club in our own right. Um, years and years of struggle, but the, we've we've come back and with the crowds have built nicely, um, and just two big clubs. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, I, I am just looking at the table. I do need to correct myself on something I said. I said I think uh, Leeds had probably the best goal difference in the in the championship. They've only actually got the third best, even though they're on plus twenty six. Brentford are incredibly on plus thirty one, and uh, West Brom are on plus twenty seven. So this is Brentford have only won one of their last six and uh, West Brom at least have won three of their last six but Leeds on an incredible They're playing Fulham aren't they the weekend as well Brentford Are they? Yeah oh, right yeah. I think so I mean you're seeing clubs above you playing each other which means somebody's going to drop points Absolutely So we got to be winning Absolutely um, You know there was always that um, that uh, phrase of saying um, you know I've heard people singing to the Joy Division Love Will Tear Us Apart Leeds Are Falling Apart Again yeah. They seem to have bucked that at the moment but I think uh, as you said Lee that, that what happened in the away game things can turn and you know and uh, the, the other thing of course is they, they said uh, you know you, you you may have seen this from Saturday we do seem to start slowly you know, we, you know these, we've had a, a number of performances where we've either conceded early goals in the first half or our first half performance has been sluggish uh, and, and therefore you know are we going to expect a sluggish first half leads to maybe take the lead and then we'll have to fight back second the, the, half the, the division is never dead no more I mean playoffs have been going a long time but it's never dead because you've got the top teams who are all going for promotion mm. you've got a situation which you've mentioned there's about seven teams chasing the six automatic well spots. Derby yeah, as I said oh, the, the Derby six, fans the think, six, they're gonna, yeah. think they're going to you know, get then, excited as well and then you've got the your bottom place. three going down mm. with three or four above them looking like they could go get relegated if they don't put the wins together yeah. so every game is, is just a massive massive game there's no easy games Probably the you know it's just it's ridiculous really what the playoffs have done to football. They've they've, they've made it the season go to the very last game no mm. matter what. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I am given my prediction. I think I, I you know I think I can see. I've won you over. I, I can see I can see what Lee's saying. I think 
It might be two all, but I'm going to plump for three two, the same as Lee. So uh, that's it. So that's uh, Sunday, one o'clock uh, kickoff. Cardiff City versus Leeds on Foundation Day. So turn up early if you can and uh, experience some of the activities taking place for uh, Foundation Day. That's it for this week's edition of the Cardiff City Phone. And thanks very much to my guests, Lee Beams, Hugh Day, Georgia and Simon Statter-Williams. Thanks to uh, Nigel Blues for calling in <laughs> and your comments. Uh, please join us again next Sunday. No, next Sunday. Next Monday. Please, next Sunday at the Cardiff City Stadium. Next Monday for another Cardiff City Phone-in. Thank you for listening. Good night. <laughs> The Cardiff City Phone-In, sponsored by Munia Rams, the personal injury solicitors.